Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will teach you how to get leaner and perform better in a way that lasts with shows about nutrition, recovery, and the all-important art of inner work. Today's show will teach you what we found it takes to make your sustainable transformation, specifically around fat loss, but the lessons apply to solidifying any difficult behavior change. And it's perfect timing because we just released details about our new nine-month coaching program, which is designed to give you the intensive support you need in the initial transformation and maintenance phases, and then reduce the intensity of support as we teach you to take the training wheels off on the back end. In this new coaching program, you will go through four months of our VIP one-on-one coaching. This gives you three months of support in making your initial transformation. But the thing is, once the initial transformation is made, that's where we see people fall for the willpower traps and rebound. That's why you'll have another month of intensive VIP coaching to make sure we can help you make maintenance easy. From there, we will transition you into our online coaching program where you will still have heaps of one-on-one support options between detailed monthly food journal reviews with feedback, weekly check-ins on our online platform, and weekly office hours. During the next five months in the online coaching program, we can help you try to add muscle or lean out even more for up to three months before switching gears to teaching you how to take the training wheels off of tracking trust your eating intuition, and become comfortable making adjustments to your nutrition plan on your own moving forward. This new program is only $160 per month, making it both our most intensive and most affordable program yet. You essentially get one month of free online coaching when you commit to making a sustainable change over the course of nine months. We currently only have eight spaces available as of this recording for any one-on-one coaching options. So if you'd like to book a call with me to learn more and save your spot, head over to beyondmacros.com slash call. Now for the episode. What does it take to achieve sustainable fat loss? We have to approach it from multiple angles. First, we need to understand what happens to your body after fat loss. Second, we need to understand what affects your motivation and emotions after fat loss. Third, we need to understand how your environment shapes your actions. When you lose fat, your brain sees this as a bad thing, even though your mind might love it. Your fat releases a hormone called leptin, which essentially lets the brain know that there is stored energy available and that it can tell the rest of the body to operate as usual, leading to a normal daily energy expenditure and appetite. When you lose fat, your brain is not hearing its friend leptin as loudly, and evidence suggests this means your brain will then tell the body to decrease its energy expenditure and to seek out food by stimulating your appetite. There is a study that looked at women who dieted down for about four months to lose a total of 12% of their body mass. They actually lost about 35 to 50% of their total body fat mass, and during the dietary phase, leptin, T3, which is a thyroid hormone, estrogen, and testosterone all dropped significantly. Within 14 to 20 weeks of eating maintenance calories and decreasing their exercise, the women's hormones, except for T3 and testosterone, all returned back to baseline. I bring this up because it shows that the hormones that are depressed after a diet set the stage for potential rapid fat regain, hence the common yo-yo diet effect. 
to keep the leptin string going, it will be very difficult to listen to your body's satiety signals after fat loss until leptin levels have returned back to baseline. That is why we find the post-transformation period to be one of the most important times to work closely with a coach. Not only are you biochemically more likely to overeat, but mentally and emotionally, you are more likely to overeat as well. During the initial transformation period, you are motivated by the scale going down. During maintenance, you no longer have that feedback of the scale going down. In fact, with the additional lean mass you are likely to gain after fat loss, you have to be comfortable seeing the scale move up. And most people are not comfortable with that. For most people, seeing the scale move up is deflating. They think, why am I still putting the effort into tracking if the scale is moving up? If the scale is going to move up, I might as well eat what I want. And I totally get this mentality. But I realize many people who adopt it don't realize that the small amount of weight gain that they experience is not fat mass. It's usually lean mass, which includes muscle, but it also includes carbohydrate and water weight. I also realize that this rationalization I just gave doesn't fully address the emotional side of things. And one of the most common things I see emotionally after a fat loss phase is that people feel restricted in some way, so they want to treat themselves. But when they do treat themselves, they feel bad. And the crazy thing about this is that feeling bad about your decision to cheat and beating yourself up actually makes you more likely to cheat again. This is an awful feedback loop of cheating and guilting. A 2000 study surveyed a group of college-aged women to determine how they scored on a scale of restrictive eating and eating guilt. The women in this study were fed a donut, and then a bowl of candy was made available to them after watching a video that was unrelated. One group of women was given a message of self-compassion, and this message appeared to reduce the total amount of candy they ate versus the group of women who were guilty or restricted eaters and did not receive these messages of self-compassion. I've seen this in practice, and this is another reason why working with a coach through recovery is so important if you tend to have trash inner talk or tendencies towards self-punishment. Your coach can help you to wipe the slate clean, shut down the guilt cycle, and help you regain perspective about how much progress you've made. Then you can refocus, enjoy your indulgence for what it was, and get back on track the next meal. To take it back to the diet and recovery study, let's discuss one of the other hormones that didn't return back to baseline, T3. T3 is the active form of thyroid hormone that affects your body's metabolic rate. When it is lower, your energy expenditure via metabolic rate is probably also lower. Therefore, if you overeat after fat loss because you're struggling to regulate appetite, there is less wiggle room, and that's because you're expending less total calories. In addition to following your recovery nutrition plan from your coach to help bring your hormones back up to baseline, there are some habits I've found are key to maintaining fat loss, even in the face of downregulated T3. One of the most important habits I have found is to consciously increase your non-exercise energy expenditure and preferably in a way that reduces your stress. Non-exercise energy expenditure goes down subconsciously after fat loss. I've told the story on the show before about my client whose iPhone health app gave us insight into the potential effect. 
before she started her fat loss phase, she was walking an average of six to 7,000 steps per day. By the end of her second month, she was wondering why her weight loss had slowed. We looked at her step count, and it dropped to under 2,000 steps per day on average. That is about as sedentary as you can get. What we did was identify where she could insert more movement in her day. And I'm a huge fan of stacking functions, especially because too much to do is one of the biggest nutrition roadblocks people experience. What we did is this. Instead of getting more time in the gym, I discovered that she talked to her family members or her husband regularly on the phone daily. So we got her to plug in some headphones and take those conversations on a walk. Her steps hit over 8,000 per day, and her rate of fat loss, and eventually her ability to maintain fat loss, was restored. The other important thing to recognize is that walking and connecting with her friends and family was a stress-reducing activity. Being constantly in a sympathetic state working in a hospital, doing CrossFit, and driving in traffic meant she was stressed. Stress hormones can have a negative feedback loop on thyroid hormones and sex hormones, which we saw drop in the study on females after a diet. So getting out of a sympathetic nervous system state is actually quite helpful in this regard as well. The last major thing that I see as being key to creating a sustainable transformation is the ability to craft your home, work, and even travel environments to make the right choice the easy choice. I usually recommend clients start out with the space they either spend the most time in or the space they are most likely to make poor decisions in. Surprisingly, once clients get into a good meal prep routine and bring their own food to work, the office tends to be the easiest place for them to stay on point. I often find that home is where the vices are, especially if your significant other, flatmates, or kids aren't eating the same way as you. The best option you have is to remove any foods that you are prone to overeating from your home environment. If this option isn't fully within your control, have the conversations to see if you can get the rest of your cohabitants on board. If you can't remove these foods right away without friction in your family or relationships, then the next best option is to make it harder for yourself to access those foods and also to make sure that you have the right options prepared and easy to access. There is some deeper work you can do around engineering your environment for success as well. One of my favorites is having clients start to keep notes about the triggers and cues in their environment that signal cravings. Sometimes, you have associations with a room, like your kitchen, and it might signal a craving for those easy calories in your pantry. Sometimes, a visual object, like, let's say, a painting of a desert scene, might signal cravings in smokers of Camel brand cigarettes. People, time of day, and other habits that cravings are anchored to are all other areas you can turn your attention towards. You and your coach can use this information that you collect in two ways. First, you can use it to help remove the triggers for unhealthy behaviors or work to change your association with those triggers. For example, if your default pattern is to walk into the kitchen and go to the pantry, take everything out of your pantry that you could eat right away. You can also take it a step further and put a bunch of prepared, tasty food in your fridge. This will get you used to being let down by the pantry and rewarded by the healthy, conveniently prepared meals in your fridge. 
Second, you can use this awareness about what triggers your cravings to create positive touchstones in your environment that remind you to stick to the process and that will help you reach your goals. If you listened to last week's episode with Scott McGee, you'll remember that I said his garage is filled with reminders about his personal philosophies. For example, he has a samurai sword with strength as a choice engraved on it. All he has to do is look at that sword and he can recalibrate his mindset. Start thinking about what visual touchstones you can put in your environments to help you stay on track with your process. All right, so to wrap things up, if you can manage to put the work in to fix what happens to your body biochemically after fat loss by entering a recovery phase, you can increase your non-exercise activity and stress-reducing me time, you can fix your inner talk and understand where you'll be emotionally when entering maintenance, and if you can also engineer your environment for success, you will sustain your fat loss long-term and hopefully for life. Having third-party support like a Beyond Macros coach and a friend, family member, or significant other to support you will make the process even smoother. And that's why we've created our nine-month sustainable transformation program. In that program, we'll support you in getting leaner over the first three months. Then, we'll support you through the process of learning how to maintain over the next one to two months, like we just talked about in this episode. From there, we can support you through another phase of body recomposition or performance-focused nutrition. And then from there, 100% of the focus goes back into supporting you and creating the conditions for effortlessly maintaining your transformation and teaching you how to do this all on your own. If you're ready for the last nutrition coach you'll ever need, head over to beyondmacros.com call to set up your initial interview to learn more. We only have eight spaces left for coaching, so get on it. If you know somebody who's recently lost a significant amount of fat, I'd love if you could share this episode with them. I really hate seeing when people yo-yo diet, and I think this information needs to be out there so that even if you're not working with us, you can come up with a plan to actually maintain your fat loss for life. And that's why I wanted to put this episode out today, and that's why I'd be even more grateful if you would share it with the people who you know could benefit from it. And if you're not already subscribed to the show, definitely hit subscribe. We've got some great high-value shows coming at you just like this one over the next month, including some episodes about how you can actually massively reduce your environmental impact through diet while also improving your performance and getting leaner. And the catch is you don't have to go full vegan. I think that's pretty awesome. So make sure you're subscribed. I would love if you could also rate the show. Apparently that's a good thing. Um, But either way, I want to say thanks for listening and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Much love.